0: ring the bell. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the WrestleCast review of Friday Night Smackdown. I'm Shosi. My name's Joe. And together, our tag team brings to you the latest updates and results of Friday Night Smackdown. Joe, why don't you kick us off?
1: Well, it kicked off with the Intercontinental title scene. We were given a recap of the tournament with AJ's subsequent win over Daniel Bryan which was a fantastic match and then it was the Intercontinental title presentation so AJ swaggered down to the ring to be presented with the belt by Renee Young but then he changed his mind at the last minute and invited Daniel Bryan into the ring that's where the scene really hotted up he was goading Daniel saying you know a man would do it are you a man that kind of thing and Daniel said well do you know what AJ you could be one of the best Intercontinental champions of all time and went on to mention about how we could offer challenges from a range of superstars, talking up some possible scenarios and matches that could happen in the future. And AJ cut that dead, said, actually, I'm not going to have a Daniel Bryan championship run. I'll be only facing a select few people for this title because I'm not doing handouts. The people have got to earn it. Q Matt Riddle to make his SmackDown Live debut, came down to the ring and offered AJ some advice. He said, I'm the bro that's going to run the show. Now, I'm not sure that's advice, <laughs> it's just more of a statement. What do you think?
0: I mean, coming from Matt Riddle, who always has that character of a very laid-back person, someone who doesn't take stuff too seriously, I'd take it as advice. But for him to come down to the ring on his debut and go straight to AJ Styles and say that he's going to be the person who's going to be running the show now and AJ Styles is going to have to move out of the way, It was a pretty cool way to debut. But I do believe that if this was kept a surprise, it would have been more fun to experience as a fan. I mean, I don't want to know Riddle's debuting tonight. Give it to me as a surprise.
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan of a surprise. Don't get me wrong. His presence has been teased for a few weeks now, so I guess it was only a matter of time. And it was a great debut. The match was pretty awesome, I thought. What did you think?
0: Yeah, definitely. I loved how AJ Styles was able to... For one, be the champion in the ring and show off his heel gimmick along with carrying the, along with carrying the newcomer Matt Riddle and showing everyone that It doesn't matter if anyone's new. It doesn't matter if anyone's just starting up on the brand. I can give them a great match. They can have a great match with me. And it's going to be amazing no matter what. And I've always said this when it comes to AJ Styles. He will put up the best matches regardless of the situation. So if you want to watch a great match, either have AJ Styles or Daniel Bryan in them, like I said earlier. 100%
1: 100% definitely he really lit it up with Matt Riddle and it was a great debut a great person to go against for your first outing on Smackdown and it was a really interesting match It was a lot of back and forth I didn't know where it was going obviously they've both got different backgrounds I've tried to think of a million different ways of saying this but pardon the pun when I say that it was an interesting clash of styles because they've both got their different schools of thought the MMA kind of background for Matt Riddle and then AJ's more traditional technical wrestler.
0: Joe we're just starting off and you're off with the puns all Wow!
1: Yeah, starts with me to go on like it's all it's all downhill from here. So, if you're not a fan of wordplay, this is not a podcast for you. <laughs> I'd love to hear more from you about what you thought of the match.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Styles was able to give Riddle the shine he deserved to just bring that momentum up from NXT onto SmackDown. And it was good to see that Riddle went right after him. Absolutely. And
1: there was an interesting altercation as well between Riddle and Baron Corbin on the outside, suggesting that there could be a rivalry down the line there. And that kind of makes sense because I personally, am not a huge fan of debutants getting a belt straight away. I think if anything, it kind of kills their momentum. It's like getting a helicopter to the top of a mountain. You know, it's not really about the destination. It's the journey, isn't it? And if you just kind of plonk someone on the top with a championship can kind of kill a steam a bit.
0: Definitely. And we've known Riddle to be the person who backs everything he says in the ring because of his great MMA style technique combined with his wrestling style in the ring. And I believe that's one of the perfect people to go up against, especially when it comes to AJ Styles being his first match. Because Riddle going right after AJ Styles, showing him that he's setting the level on his first match was a great way to possibly set up something in the future when it comes to the intercontinental title and like you said he bumped into baron corbin there could be a match or two that could lead to a Mm. long-term storyline so i'm looking forward to what they do with
1: yeah that really lit a fire in me the idea of those two being in a rivalry together because It's taken me a long time to like, to hate Baron Corbin, if that makes sense. I always found his character not 100% committal. I just couldn't really buy it. You boo someone like Samoa Joe, for example, I know he's injured at the moment, because he's a great heel. I love him because he's a good bad guy, if you know what I mean. He's good at being a bad guy. But Corbin, for me, it's taken a long time. But since the King Corbin persona and his recent actions, he's kind of got over with me a bit. And I think it would be a great way to show Riddle as a face by putting him against Corbin.
0: Definitely, and that wasn't the only thing that was teased in the match because AJ Styles went outside the ring where Daniel Bryan was standing and shoved him right into the superstars that were standing around him, which possibly Mm. told us that maybe the rivalry between AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan isn't over. And I definitely hope that it isn't because from what we've seen over the past few weeks, when those two get in the ring, I'm there with my popcorn ready to watch no matter how long their match goes
1: right it will be great to see them face off again their 40 minute barn burner of a match last week was up there with some of the greats so i'd be sat with you handing that popcorn for sure maybe my own popcorn though not yours that might be a bit weird
0: (laughs) (laughs) but no definitely it was good to see that this was also a way of showing that riddle is one of those people who is going to take advantage of every little mistake there is because we've seen many superstars who haven't been able to live up to that little area we see in matches when distractions come into play. But Mm. with Riddle, he was able to counter a phenomenal forearm attempt into a Bro Derek, which was amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool to see. Again, I liked the combination of styles. And what I did notice as well was a really cool snap suplex from AJ Style. It it looked nasty. He obviously knows what he's doing, but it just looked so vicious. It looked like he absolutely crushed Matt Riddle. Do you know what, though? One kind of gripe I did have is that they had this lovely bit of storytelling to do with Matt Riddle's leg, and he was limping around a bit. AJ worked the leg for a while. It was great. And then Matt Riddle goes for a moonsault, and misses it but lands on his feet and just carries on. I'm like, hold on, your entire body weight has just landed on that injured leg and now you've carried on without buckling at all. I found that a bit bizarre. So that was a bit of a detraction for me. Yeah,
0: for me as well. Because if you're being worked on in a certain body part, sell it, keep it going till the end of the match. Show people Mm. that you're coming out despite having a certain part of your body put through hell and i'm not really mad or disappointed with that but because riddle does provide great matches and Mm. i'm just excited to see what they do with it
1: yeah for sure i mean absolutely it's just one of those things and after you've watched wrestling for a few years you really do pick up on these minor details so for fans like you and myself it would be nice to see it but Again, as a debut, it's fantastic. And Matt Riddle actually won the match. I was gobsmacked. I thought, no way is he going to beat Styles after the momentum Styles has had recently. But no, they put him over. I couldn't believe it. I don't know how I feel about it. It's not really settled. What are your thoughts?
0: Well, I think it's a good way to show that Matt Riddle is not starting over again on SmackDown. Because in NXT, Mm -hmm. we've seen him do so much stuff. We've seen him work so well with different superstars. But if they were to give him a clean slate and say, hey, you're going to have to start over again when you get to SmackDown, and if he were to lose this match, I'd say to many fans it would be quite disappointing or confusing because you have so many good things to say about him, and then all of a sudden he comes up, goes against AJ Styles, and then loses. In either scenario, it would be understandable why he would win or lose, but I'm happy to see him win.
1: Yeah, like on reflection, I think it was probably the way to go. It probably would have done more harm to Riddle than it would have Styles. I mean, there's nothing wrong with losing to AJ Styles, but in terms of getting out the traps running, as it were, with your debut, yeah, you don't want to kind of fall at the first hurdle, whether it be AJ Styles or anybody. And that was a great start to the show. Before we were teased with the Jeff Hardy interview, he was clearly looking distant, very focused. And then when we returned to the show, that's exactly what we got. Jeff Hardy sat down with Renee Young. Do you want to talk us through this one?
0: Yeah, sure. So we saw Jeff Hardy talk about how he's been trying to fix all the wrongs in his life, all the little parts where he's not the best at. But every time he puts out a fire, there's a new one that takes its place. And by doing that, that's what his life has just gone through. He's 42 years old, and he's been trying to fix his life. So it was good to see that his personal problems actually gave us a glimpse into what he's trying to fix currently with his wrestling time and it was good to see that he wasn't one of those people who was like playing it in a very sad angle oh I have so many problems my life is absolutely crap I don't like what I do it was good to see that he was connecting everything to wrestling because that's one of the only things he loves. Mm-hmm. and for him to say that he's been a junkie his whole life I went like oh crap this is going there again But then he quickly switched it to, I've loved the adrenaline rush ever since I was eight. I loved whatever I did in the ring. I loved how it always put off my negative thoughts and it gave me a way to control those negative thoughts before it went spiraling out of control.
1: Absolutely. I thought this was amazing character work. I really thought it was impressive. Like, it was like something out of a movie. It was really, really well done. I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff Hardy just thought of the whole thing himself, you know? And sometimes WWE can feel a bit overproduced, and, you know, if you watch the things on the network and stuff, you hear about writers and being given things to learn to go out to the ring and say, didn't feel like that. It felt organic. It felt natural. And it wouldn't surprise me if Jeff Hardy was pretty much the one who pens the whole thing because it was very close to the bone and very raw. When he said, Seamus is a constant reminder of what I don't like about myself, I was like, this is deep. I was like, I'm with you. Seamus is a constant reminder of what I don't like about myself. He brings out the worst in all of us. So, yeah, cracking piece of work from Jeff Hardy. And if they go toe to toe again in the ring, I'll be happy. I thought they had a great match at Backlash.
0: I would kind of disagree with the match at Backlash. It wasn't as hyped as we were expecting it to be. So many good segments, promos, interviews over the past two or three weeks that they were going toe to toe. Match at Backlash kind of underdelivered for me.
1: I mean, I enjoyed the match. I think in terms of where it was placed on the card, though, at Backlash didn't do it any favors. I think it was the second match, which is always a bit of a anti-climax spot isn't it because they launch a show with something big and then it's like okay you know nothing nothing can really follow that as well as perhaps if it was placed somewhere else so maybe with a bit of adjustment on that side of things it could be a better rematch
0: yeah definitely i'm looking forward to it i want to see how they finally end this because wwe at this time has so many good storylines that they can end in so many great ways on both Mm -hmm. brands I'm looking forward to see how they go all the way with this one. And yeah. right after this, we had one of your favorite superstars step up for an interview <laughs> before his match. None other, None other than Shorty G.
1: Wow. Yeah. Like, how many ways can they think of doing this small person angle? Because it's just the worst. Like, I'm so over it. I've never been more over anything. Yeah, Shorty G's having a little interview before his match. Then Mojo Rally appears behind him, looking down on him, obviously pointing out the size and weight difference between the two competitors. And Shorty G says, oh, they don't know what it's like to have eyes in the back of your head. And then turns around and punches Mojo. I'm like, why? I do not care about this storyline at all. Because the only the premise is, is that someone's tall and someone's short. We've seen David versus Goliath a million times in WWE. We've even seen it before with Shorty G as David. So why are we still here?
0: I think one of the writers was bullied in the high school because of their height and weight. So they're trying to tell the world through this storyline.
1: Small people can do stuff too the end. Next. That's, that's pretty much it. Like, I just <laughs> I feel like, you know, when you're walking around the mall or the supermarket and you don't know why you're there, you've forgotten what you've gone in for and you're just walking endlessly around the aisles. And that's what I feel like I'm doing with this storyline. I'm like, why am I in here? What did I come for?
0: Their match didn't really help either. I thought it was a mm. not too bad, not too good match. Because you have Mojo this huge guy, go up against someone who's, half his size use all his strength to take him down but in the end somehow gable counters a fireman's carry into a pin of his own and then wins the match despite not hitting any moves on raleigh throughout the match
1: Mm. yeah it felt like filler like i've written meh down next to it on my (laughs) comment sheet because that's what it was it was a bit like purgatory it was okay It wasn't awful but it wasn't heaven either. So do you know what I mean? It was just, it was just nothing. And again, like you say, it didn't really make sense that he'd win like that. I don't really get Mojo's character either at this point. So putting them together just was like a ball of confusion. And sorry to hate on Shorty G even more, but I just don't like his look either. Gimmick's awful, but the look is bad. Just can't carry it off. Like it's a bit like when your parents go into a Nike superstore and come out looking like Michael Jordan. Like it was just. It was bizarre. (laughs) Those two things shouldn't go together.
0: No, it definitely should not. I still say bring back American Alpha. Give Jason Jordan the character change he deserves. Because NXT was one of the biggest things when they had certain superstars, certain tag teams. Mm. And American Alpha was one of them. When they moved up to SmackDown, we expected so much from them. They delivered, Mm. but then suddenly we saw both of them go into singles competition And I I didn't like that because for me, they're one of the best tag teams that there could have been today.
1: No, I agree with you. They're a fantastic tag team. And the direction that they took both superstars in was just bizarre, to be honest. Obviously, the whole Jason Jordan being Kurt Angle's son storyline was garbage. And then Shorty G is where he is now, which is so weird because both guys are amazing. Like, they're so built and defined. They could literally do most looks, to be honest, but... It's just that this particular one for Chad Gable is not a good one. So fingers crossed that gets sorted out. I can't see it happening. Somebody backstage clearly likes it. But please, WWE, if you're listening, get to work on Chad Gable. Please, please. Or bring back American Alpha. That would be awesome.
0: I am with you on that. And I want to see Chad Gable do something way better. He's an amazing wrestler. Yeah, he is, but he also has everything to be U.S. champion, intercontinental champion, tag team, you name it. But let's see what they do with it. But right after this match, we got to see the most must-see television show on WWE, Miz TV, where we saw Miz and Morrison talk about their loss to Braun Strowman at Backlash. The Miz said that he was out of focus when he pulled off John Morrison for the pin at Backlash because both of them had been told prior to the match by management that whoever pins Strowman is going to be the only champion and there is going to be no co-champion. So this confused them. They lost focus, and as usual, they blamed Strowman. And along with Strowman, they blamed Otis because they had to keep a lookout for him just in case he came out with Tucker and decided to cash in his Money in the Bank contract.
1: I really liked this. I thought it was a really good little promo before they eventually had Mandy Rose in the ring. And it made sense. They addressed the match. And it was a very heelish way of looking at it in a way that made them look good, too. So, yeah, I was a real fan of that. And the guys are hilarious. They've really come into their own, I think. They've really found themselves again.
0: Definitely. I've always said this. Miz and Morrison are one of the tag teams in the WWE right now who have the potential to be both singles champions and tag team champions. Because you have Miz, who's one of the greatest in-ring competitors, and then you have Morrison, who's one of the greatest high-flying competitors. So you have that little extra kick of Miz being able to deliver those kick-ass promos, and Morrison being able to back everything up that Miz says, along with what he says, because he can do exactly what we'd expect from superstars of their caliber, which is deliver.
1: Yeah, I think both guys are gold. And I particularly enjoyed it when the Miz whispered Mandy, like her entrance music. Mandy! (laughs) I loved it. And then proceeded to play the air saxophone. As she came down the ramp. It was great. I absolutely (laughs) loved it. So Mandy came down and they rubbed salt in the wound over her relationship with Sonia and how she's been on the raw end of defeat in their matches. And then, of course, Sonia DeVille came out herself looking amazing, might I say. I really like her look. I think it really suits her. She's just on fire at the moment, isn't she? She's so good. She cut a promo to Mandy all about their history and told her a few home truths about how she's only good for one thing and it's, you know, kissing Otis next to a pool. It was great. I loved this bit of the show.
0: I tell you who loved Mandy coming down to the ring more than anyone. Good old commentator, Corey Graves. <laughs> yeah, It's like, he it's like it, every yeah. time Mandy comes out to the ring, you just have to look on the floor and you can find Corey Graves'
1: jaw on there he loves it he's telling Michael Cole to shut up and he's, he's ruining the entrance yeah it's good it's nice and it, it's not done in a 90s way that King might have done it times have moved on since then so it, it works it's good I like the the pair, the pair of them on commentary anyway and the whole thing just came together well yeah
0: definitely like you said Sonia coming out she's absolutely on fire right now I loved her suit. Looked pretty classy.
1: Mm. She looked like a bit like the penguin from Gotham. Have you ever seen Gotham? The Batman yeah. series? Yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She looked a bit like the <laughs> penguin.
0: <laughs> it was good to see her out there. It was good to see her deliver a promo. I didn't really expect Sonia to deliver as a mm. character like her a few years ago. But now yeah. that she's on the single run, perfect.
1: Oh, okay. I love it. I love that. I love her now as a, as a singles competitor. Like, I can't believe she hasn't always been one. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't believe she's just been in the wings, waiting, obviously learning, because she's done an amazing job. And you'll never guess what, this is probably the most unpredictable part of the show, where a talk show segment cascaded into a brawl. (laughs) What? (laughs) It's almost unheard of. So Mandy and Sonia started fighting, rolling around the ring, hitting one another. Sonia then escaped the ring but Miz would not go unscathed either. Mandy had quite a vicious slap for him as a result of him setting her up. It was nasty, right?
0: Yeah, it definitely was, because... (laughs) <laughs> the Miz is pure gold. I love him. I used to hate him to be honest. I absolutely used to yeah. hate everything about him, but he grew on me as I got older and I love him especially now. And him to set up this little rivalry again, to get involved in it a little bit, and then get slapped in the face right after a brawl and then sell it off so well. Like why did I what did I do? I didn't do anything. Perfect way to end this TV and possibly see something come up in the future.
1: For sure. And I thought what this was a really good example of was how you can kind of have guys meddling in different storylines. Obviously, they had a Universal title shot last weekend, and now they're kind of involved in the Mandy Rose thing and Otis too. So sometimes WWE can get a bit diluted with characters in all sorts of situations with fingers in many pies. But this was an example of how it can be done well. And that led us on to Bayley and Sasha Banks. Coming down the ramp for a dosage of commentary as they commentated on the New Day versus Lucha House party. I thought their commentating skills were pretty funny, actually. I thought they were good. I thought they made me laugh a lot. How about you?
0: Yeah, definitely. I like them as commentators. They're not too bad. Bailey is always hyped up to be on commentary. Mm -hmm. Sasha is always there to make things more interesting with the little things she has to say. And you know what's coming next?
1: (laughs) Oh, here (laughs) we go. It shows his style guide featuring Sasha Banks every week.
0: (laughs) I absolutely loved her jacket. I mean, if Sasha Stylist is listening to this, or if she has one, or if Sasha herself is listening to this, I would love to know where you get your outfits from.
1: I don't know how to break this to you, but I don't think they'd look as good on you.
0: Well, not for me. I just want to know where <laughs> um, I can get some cool clothes for her.
1: Right? She is a very well-dressed superstar. And my favorite part of that little commentary exchange was when Michael Cole kept goading Bailey about who you're going to face next. And she said, nobody, because I've beat everyone. And now I'm here to beat you for your job as a commentator. <laughs> I love her. I love the character that she's found as a heel now. It's going really well for them. And if anything, I forgot there was a match going on at some point during this because I was too busy listening to their commentary. It really reminded me of playing on Grand Theft Auto Vice City when I was younger and the radio stations. You know how hilarious the radio stations were on Vice City? It, It really took me back.
0: Definitely. And Bailey is just one of those people that you can't miss these days. She has everything that you're looking for. She has that little funny kick to her. She has that little dark streak to her she has the perfect in-ring ability even though we didn't really expect her to come out as one of the best heels right now and this is what really gets me every week every time the new day has a match they take off their t-shirts and they smack cory graves right in the face the ring.
1: <laughs> yeah they love it and they have sasha banks going the
0: disrespect the
1: disrespect <laughs> i love it they're really good at making something of nothing they make every step count yeah every breath Every movement, every moment, they turn into something good. And that's a sign of a star. It really is. And the match itself, I thought, was a decent tag match. New Day versus Lucha House Party. As you would expect, lots of high flying from Lucha House Party. um, Some good, solid wrestling from the New Day. It was a nice combination of styles. Good match. I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, so did I. I didn't think it was too bad. It was perfectly done. You have Lucha House Party, who we've seen after a very long time on TV. It was good to see him they're amazing high flyers and it was just good to see that there was a match that didn't have too much muscle in it just like you know the big Mm. flashy boobs throwing each other around it was good to see that you have high flyers doing what they do best flying around the ring showing off their athleticism and it was perfect
1: yeah and i think this was a good example of how what might appear to be random match can work sometimes matches are just on the card and you think hold on what's going on but if it's a good match if it's a good display of wrestling you don't mind because ultimately that's why you're watching it right you want to see the wrestling and if it's good i don't really mind why it has been put there and that was one of those examples so thumbs up
0: but that wasn't all once the new day hit the midnight hour to win the match they were attacked by none other than the two men who were watching their match backstage cesaro and shinsuke nakamura they both attacked the New Day, hit a neutralizer, hit a kin Sasha, and then went out to the commentary desk to shout at Michael Cole, saying that they're tired of being beaten like this all the time. And this is what made it really fun for me. They had Sasha and Billy just backing up all that smack talk. Yeah, you tell them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's go. Come yeah. on. <laughs> tell him you're done with this.
1: Yeah, it was really good, wasn't it? And poor Michael Cole. Like, what does Michael Cole got to do with anything? He's always getting the end of it from the stars at the moment. It's great.
0: It was even better to see that Corey Graves is sitting there like, okay, yeah, you do your thing, I don't really care. Just like leaning back in his chair, holding the pencil in his hand, that little poker face, and be like, yeah, yeah, do your thing. I'm not really
1: concerned about Honestly, you. Honestly, yeah. you can say what you like about Corey Graves. I know he divides opinion as a person, but I think on commentary, he's a great color commentator. I think he's really good at it. He aggravates Michael Cole just enough, He digs the knife in. But everything he says usually has an element of potential truth, so... You can kind of see why he's saying it. I think he does a cracking job. And it's one of the great things about SmackDown. That's why I think it's the number one show at the moment, really. And that every person that works on it counts. And those guys are a huge part of it. I think they're doing a tremendous job.
0: Yeah, definitely. I just wish that I was able to see Corey Graves in the ring because I didn't really get the opportunity mm. to see that back yeah. when he was a superstar in NXT. But, I mean, you never know. There's so many superstars coming back doing their thing again choreographs could potentially
1: be one of them you never know that's the one thing with professional wrestling you never say never then at this point i thought you know that was all going to get swept under the rug and we're going to move on but then we saw a little backstage segment with some of the female superstars talking about who should face bailey next for the women's title and we had a where's nikki kind of moment and nobody knew where nikki cross was which Initially left me confused. I thought, what's gone on? But it did make sense when we explain what happened after that. So that led up to Sheamus having an interview backstage where he kind of teased that he might be turning face a little bit when he's considering being judged as a bully. But of course he wasn't. He said that he's always been a bully. Of course he's a bully. From the interview, it's pretty apparent we're going to get a Jeff Hardy-Sheamus rematch. And that will be built next week. Uh, with a toast to Jeff Hardy. What do you think about that?
0: For Seamus to say that Jeff Hardy is a person who deserves to be bullied, people like Jeff Hardy deserve to be bullied, it was just like, I have a knife in my hand and I'm going to hit you with it multiple times in this storyline. Because we've seen Seamus go so personal and so deep into... Jeff Hardy's personal life he's involved his family he's involved all his problems with addiction but he's also maintained that whatever I'm saying right now if you come after me I'm gonna put you down
1: yeah it was really intense it was very schoolboy bully like wasn't it I enjoyed it and it just makes Jeff look even more of a good guy so the better the heel the more over the face will be so I'm a big fan
0: This got me wondering, Seamus said that he's going to have a toast for Jeff Hardy next week. I'm trying to think how Jeff Hardy is going to refrain from putting a glass of his business into Seamus' drink.
1: Are we going to get to see more urine in Seamus' face? Perhaps. You never know. (laughs) So just going back to the thing with the female superstars, it kind of makes sense when it links to what happens next because then we went back to the ring where Bailey and Banks were still at the commentary table and then Nikki Cross attacked out of nowhere attacking the tag team champions before getting into the ring demanding a match and Bailey accepted on Sasha's behalf and said yeah you can have a match with Sasha.
0: I just love how Bailey thinks she's the voice of reason in this entire (laughs) thing like you can have a kid come up to Sasha and Sasha can be in the worst mood ever. Hey, Sasha, can I have a picture with you? Bailey's just going to step forward. Yeah, Katie, you can have a picture with her. And Sasha's just fuming in the corner. Like, ow, Why? Yeah. And this is exactly why I love this storyline. You have someone yeah. as strong as Sasha being spoken for by Bailey, who claims to be her best friend. But as we all know, this is eventually going to end up on a one-on-one situation where they both go up against each other, possibly for the women's title. You never know. I can't
1: wait. I'm yeah. calling it now. Summer slam. Summer slam. Summer slam. I'm telling you.
0: Yeah, I hope for that too. But this match was no less entertaining because Nikki Cross literally went the most berserk I've seen her in the past couple of weeks. She took yeah. out both Sasha and Bailey to the point where Alexa Buss had to run down to the ring and separate her from the both of them. And once the match took place, it was amazing to see that Nikki was able to tell that story of this is my frustration. This is my anger. I'm venting it out with mm. Sasha, who's cost me so much in the past few weeks and potentially could cost me a chance to go for the tag team titles again in the future.
1: Yeah, I honestly thought it was a good match. I was really enjoyed it. High energy, some good exchanges. And Nikki Cross did this really cool one-footed drop kick through the ropes where she kind of swung on the top rope and then planted the legs through the bottom ropes into Sasha's abdomen. That was really cool. I haven't seen that before, which is very rare these days in professional wrestling. There's only so much you can do, but every now and again you see something new and you think, wow. Yeah,
0: I love Nikki Cross. I didn't really think that she would be given the proper run on the main roster, but I love her. I mm. love what she does. I've always loved Sasha, Billy, and Bliss, but to see mm. Nikki Cross come up from the bottom and then hold the tag team titles and still be put into different storylines with Sasha and Billy still be involved in everything that goes on in the main show, I'm happy with.
1: Yeah, I did think that kind of backstage thing with the female superstars just hanging out by the ring was a bit bizarre. I'm like, Tamina's there? Tamina's supposed to be mean and like psychotic and she's just you know chilling with the gals. I'm like, what's, what's happening?
0: But it was good to see that those women were brought back on the TV after a very long time mm. because we haven't seen Naomi in a while. We haven't seen their Dana Brooke since Money in the Bank. We haven't seen Tamina for a while. With Lacey Evans, we see on SmackDown usually, but it was good to see that we're potentially getting future challengers for the tag team titles and the women's title.
1: For sure. And notably, Alexa was in there. And I feel like they're doing it. They're doing it. I said they're going to do it, and now they're doing it. Alexa's going to have a singles run. I can feel it. And I think that was further underlined by Nikki having a singles match as well. It was quite clearly defining them as single stars again.
0: Yeah, definitely. And quickly before we move on, Nikki Cross deserves all the praise you can give her. Because for those of you who don't know, the crowd, which is the NXT superstars at this time, aren't really given any food or anything while they're standing in as the audience for so long. Nikki Cross has ordered pizza for these guys for a couple of weeks now. That really? Are, yeah, making sure that all of them are well fed and all happy. So praise for Nikki Cross there.
1: Nikki Cross bringing pizza to the masses now that's a gimmick (laughs) if she comes out next week dressed as someone from Papa John's that's it though
0: (laughs) that took us to one of my favorite things on WWE TV the Firefly Funhouse with the returning Bray Wyatt he came back with a bang said he joined the book club learned all the moves from TikTok and went on to display with a little dance. I have no clue what it was.
1: I enjoyed the dance, I'm not going to lie. I might have to have a go at it. I might have already tried. (laughs) (laughs) But only Bray Wyatt can get away with doing that, right? If you or me
0: were to do that dance, I'm pretty sure our podcast would not be listened to anymore.
1: Yeah, it'd be a ghost town around here, I swear. The wordplay (laughs) is bad enough.
0: But this was what got my attention. Bray Wyatt, being the fiend as well, said that he's learned how to resurrect the dead. I'm like, Ooh. okay, here we go. We're getting somewhere else. Yeah. Let's see how this goes. But before we could get to the big part, we had Rabbit pop out of the corner and say that Bray's just been rambling about how he lost the Braun Strowman man, money in the bank, and how he couldn't get over it. And the entire time that he's been gone, it's the only thing that's been on his mind. And you could see the pain, you could see the anger on Bray Wyatt's face. But right before he could say anything, Strowman interrupted him by walking down to the ring and telling Mm. him that the story between the both of them is over because Bray already lost his chance by losing it at Money in the Bank. And it's time for him to move on. But here came the biggest twist of the night. Bray Mm -hmm. Wyatt said that when he was talking about resurrecting the dead, it was true. And how did we find out? He brought back the old Bray Wyatt. He told Strowman that if he is the one who created Strowman, it had to be Bray who brought him down. All he has to do to find Bray is follow the buzzards.
1: Man. The Oscar goes to Bray Wyatt. I love this. I thought it was really good. I was amazed at how good I thought it was, considering I got really tired of the old Bray character. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was so ready for it to be done. Very overused, got quite samey. But now I'm, I can't wait to see him again. <laughs> but I guess that's just good character development, isn't it? It's great when you see the return of people doing different gimmicks, like when John Cena came out as the Doctor of Economics at WrestleMania as a one-off. Like, that was great. I used to, like, hate the character when I was a kid, but it was great to see him, you know? It's, everyone loves a bit of nostalgia, and I think he's it's, it's timed this perfectly.
0: And... I like this because Bray Wyatt's been built up as that twisted freak now. He can do anything, no holds barred. Everything is on the table. And for him to say that he's learned how to resurrect the dead, bring back his old gimmick, and shock Strowman because that's how Strowman was born, through that old gimmick as one of the many followers of Bray Wyatt at that time. It's great to see where this is going to go.
1: You never know, he might derail the Stroman Express. I can't get on board with the Strowman Express. I'm sorry. It looks like an angry Thomas the Tank engine. And Michael Cole <laughs> hyping it up at the start of his entrance every week doesn't do it any favours or make it less Thomas the Tank-like. I'm not a fan of the Stroman Express. I needed it to get off my chest. <laughs>
0: Don't hate it until you try it, Joe. The Strowman Express has been said to release you of all the stress you may face once a giant, almost 400-pound, almost 7-foot man rams into you with a shoulder tackle.
1: Well, wow, it sounds like you work for the Strowman Express. You're ha- <laughs> hand- handing out peanuts down the aisle. <laughs> but
0: yeah... I mean, I'm on board with the Strowman Express because that move itself, it's like what Keith Lee does down in NXT. He rams into you and causes you to fly. Strowman shoulder tackles you, causes you to fly. So I'm on board with it. It's a good good way of saying the Strowman Express is one of the things that will put you down for good. Strowman getting a name makes it more relevant and more understandable for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, as a move, it's okay. But, you know, it's like The Rock coming out and having people's elbow or something written on his Tron entrance. I, I, I don't really get it. I know, obviously, it's just create an image and sell T-shirts and all that jazz. But as soon as I saw his face on the front of a train, I, w- I was out. I was like, I'm tapping out to be fuming.
0: Thomas, the engine is probably fuming wherever he is right now. Angry that he wasn't called up for the storyline.
1: Right? Honestly, it took about a moment to bring Thomas up to the main roster. It could still happen, you never know. (laughs) He did make an appearance in Ant-Man though, so he's obviously getting work still, so that's good. I did enjoy this segment. It was a bit strange though, when Braun interrupted the segment by coming down to the ring to then watch the rest of it on the Tron and talk to him. I guess that's the only way they could do it in terms of the context of how the show's presented, but maybe he could have come to the ring first and then get interrupted, but I know that's how it always goes, so I would have complained that it's a difficult one, I know, I can't have everything.
0: At the end of the day, I'm just excited to see how the resurrected Bray Wyatt gets worked, how Mm. he can possibly win the Universal Championship off of Strowman in the future, and how he's built back up to being the Fiend, being the absolute monster he is.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be nice to see old Bray. Then we won't be getting too much of the Fiend either. And it's a good way for Bray to possibly lose to Strowman without burying the Fiend character too. So... I'm all about it. It was good. It was nice to have Bray Wyatt back on TV. Fun segment. It was nice. I think overall as a show, it was all right. It was good. It didn't have the same wow factor as the last few weeks. It felt more just like not filler, but like it was just kind of keeping things ticking over. You know, it was just kind of on simmering a bit. Whereas the last couple of weeks, it's been boiling. What did you think?
0: I think they're trying. The show this week was not what we've been seeing for the past couple of weeks, not the same threshold of, oh my God, I'm on the edge of my seat. I want to watch more. Mm. But it yeah. was more of a, okay, this has been slowed down a little bit. Let's see how this catches up to speed again.
1: Yeah, it looks like they're going to take some of the main rivalries forward to extreme rules as well. We're definitely getting Jeff versus Sheamus again. Probably AJ versus Daniel Bryan, I'm guessing. And now it looks like we're having a brawn and bray rematch too so i know that was from money in the bank but still going forward with things we've seen before it would be interesting to see what's new in time for extreme rules because it's not far away it's only what three three weeks four weeks yeah around three four weeks from now i mean there's still time you never know what they'll come up with but i just hope it doesn't turn into a rematch pay-per-view
0: Yeah, I don't want to watch like a bunch of rematches just so for us, it can be a way of getting closure. No, I want to see good rivalries. I want to see good matches. I want to see good stories. You want a rematch, set it up on one of the regular shows, set it up on Raw or SmackDown, and then fine, I'll watch it there. And it makes sense for it to be on there. Unless it's one of the rivalries of the century, I don't want to watch a rematch on the pay-per-view.
1: Exactly. One thing that I am looking forward to seeing on next week's SmackDown, though, is Drew Gulak going head-to-head against AJ Styles for the Intercontinental Championship. That's going to be a great match. Like, I'm sold already. <laughs> you don't need to tell me anything else. I'm already going to watch the show.
0: Yeah, for sure. After what we saw with AJ and Bryan, Gulak and Bri- Gulak and Styles. I'm way too hung up on Daniel Bryan. Wow. <laughs> Gulak and Styles is going to be absolutely amazing. You can see it now. We saw their first match two weeks ago right before Backlash. It was one of the most amazing matches, match of the night for me that week. And I'm just happy to see where this goes. Now, after talking about all of that, who do you say your superstar of the night was?
1: superstar of the night on that note i think i'm gonna have to go aj styles again i think he was last week <laughs> but he's just a man at the moment he's just doing such a good job did great mike work turning a segment into a match without it being rubbish because i normally hate that oh we're gonna have a match right now kind of thing but it worked to treat it was great um put matt riddle over amazingly well so yeah full marks to aj styles this week how about you Well, it's a
0: close call for me. I'm going to say I've had two superstars of the night. One definitely being AJ Styles for the way he had his entire interview, the way he talked to Brian, the way he had his match with Riddle. But I'm also going to say for this one, Bray Wyatt, just the way he delivered his promo was amazing. The way he portrayed that message of don't think that once something is done, it's gone forever. It will come back to haunt you.
1: Yeah, it was really well delivered, really creative, and it made me want to watch what happens next, so good job. Ending the night with a promo can go two ways, and it went the right way this time, so it made me want to watch next week, so I I completely understand that decision. Then it kind of moves us on to moment of the night then, I think I know what you're going to say, but what was your moment of the night? Yeah, I'm going to
0: say the Bray promo.
1: Yeah, it was definitely the most shocking, for sure. I'm inclined to agree with you, but I've got to give a shout-out to the AJ match just because I thought it was the best match of the night. I thought the wrestling was superb. It was really entertaining, a great show from both involved. I liked the altercation with the superstars around the ring, too, added for some extra drama. And it was a great way to kick off the show. It could have been the main event. But yeah, a bit of a slower episode of SmackDown this week. But I'm still excited to see what happens next. And I'll definitely be watching with that announcement of AJ versus Drew Gulak.
0: It was understandable that the show was slower paced. Like I said before, probably building that momentum back up, giving everyone a little break just to refresh and then coming back stronger next week. How would you say next week is going to play out? What are your predictions?
1: Well, I think it's safe to say, I think AJ's going to keep the Intercontinental title and then we're either going to see it go towards Daniel Bryan and set up a match with Daniel Bryan, a rematch. But then now Matt Riddle's kind of got a say in it. Maybe there'll be a triple threat. Are set up for extreme rules. I'm I'm not sure exactly. I think we'll probably, sadly, see Mojo versus Shorty G again. I really don't want to, but we probably will. And then I'm guessing another episode of the Firefly Funhouse or an appearance from Bray Wyatt, I don't know, will we see the in-ring return of the old Bray Wyatt or will we have to wait until extreme rules for him to set foot in the ring? I don't know. What do you think?
0: Well, firstly, I think Gulak and Styles, like I said before, is going to be an amazing match. It's going to probably play an angle of what Styles did today when he pushed Daniel Bryan into the group of superstars. I think Bryan's going to do something like that. But being the man of sportsmanship he is, I don't think that's really going to happen. But I think Riddle can be involved and that can be worked with Riddle. He can come out, distract Styles, possibly giving Goulet the upper hand and making us think that he's going to win the title. But... Yeah, obviously the title is going to stay up on with AJ Styles for a long time. I think we're going to get Bray Wyatt play mind games with Strowman for a while now. Just before Extreme Rules, I think he's going to come into the ring, take out Strowman,
1: get everything. Yeah, they, they do that so well, so they might they might as well play it out until the pay-per-view. I'll be happy with that. I think we might get a tag team titles match next week between Nakamura Cesaro and The New Day. I think they might just do it.
0: I don't possibly think that was going to happen, but after the attack tonight, I think that could happen, but I'm mostly predicting the tag title match to happen at Extreme Rules. Just probably another rematch between the two teams, just the basic one, but Nakamura and Cesaro go over in this one, and then possibly something else for Extreme Rules.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're a funny tag team. I mean, both guys, I think, could be in the main event scene. So it seems like they've just kind of taken two single stars and put them together. And they've been knocking around a while now. It'll be interesting to see how it works out. They're great in the ring, but as a tag team, I don't really know what they are.
0: Let's not forget, both of them were main event superstars. we have seen yeah. both of them in many main events, but then suddenly to see them on the mid-card, suddenly to see them like drop out of most things. Nakamura was on top of the world when he came to WWE a few years ago when he started off in NXT, when he came up onto the main roster. And then Cesaro was always on top when he was with Tyson Kidd as a tag team or when he transitioned into a singles competitor because his skills in the ring are unmatched, especially when it comes to being a literal powerhouse. If you saw the episode tonight, you saw him literally bench press Kofi onto the top rope, just like a bag of air or something.
1: Yeah, he's unparalleled in terms of strength. Pound for pound, the strongest superstar in WWE, and I believe every word of it. I'd love to see them have a singles run again. I don't know what they're doing together. They're not a tag team, really, are they? They've not got a group gimmick, as it were. They're just two single stars that haven't got anything else to do at the moment that were kind of under the guidance of Sami Zayn, but now he's not there. So it's like, you know, at the end of a school day and the teacher leaves the classroom and the kids are like, Can we go? Like, I feel like they're those kids. I hope they don't put the belts on them just because they're single stars. I hate it when they do that. When they did it with Dolph and Bobby Roode, they're not even a tag team. They're just two single stars, had together for a couple of weeks, and then they were the tag team champions. I hate that. I think it really undermines tag team wrestling. And they're some phenomenal tag teams in WWE. So they don't really need to put two single competitors together.
0: Yeah, definitely. I want to see both people go back into singles action. They're perfectly amazing on their own, but they're, I'd say, somewhat even better when they're together because of their skills combined. But since we've always seen them as singles competitors, mostly, I'd like to see them go back to that scenario.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Nakamura, I think, needs to turn face again. Like I'm a bit over him as a heel because... I don't really have a reason to dislike him anymore. I've forgotten why, why he's a heel. So I think he's so much better as a face when you can get behind him. So I'd love to see that going forward. And I think that's the only way he'll get back into the main event scene, to be honest.
0: I want to see the Nakamura. I got to see back when he debuted on NXT, came up to the main roster until that one WrestleMania match where he turned heel. It's
1: been years now. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's been about like, what, two, two and a half years now. It feels very Uh stretched out. And I want to be able to see him go back to when he was on the top, when he was one of the first superstars you'd think of when you'd say main event.
1: Yeah, and I I honestly think he'd be even more over now that he's been a heel. Like, I think he'd be an even better face. So, I don't know. We're digressing really, aren't we? We are just talking about fantasy WWE now more so than reviewing SmackDown. But it's amazing how the show makes you think.
0: Yeah, definitely. If you have any predictions you'd like us to know or you'd like us to think about or even speak about on the show, let us know on our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter at RealWrestleDude and on Instagram at TheRealWrestleGram. Let us know what you think, how everything's going to play up all the way to extreme rules, what you think is going to happen with certain superstars. Are they going to stay a tag team? Are they going to turn into singles competitors? Are they going to get a title taken off or given to them? You can let us know all of that. On Twitter and Instagram, once again, on Twitter, it is at RealRustleDude. On Instagram, it is at the Wrestlegram.
1: There we are. And a big thank you to everyone who's listening all over the world. We've got a lovely collection of listeners. It's fantastic to hear from you. Do get in touch. I want to give a big shout out to James this week, who's listening over in Ontario, in Canada. We've got quite a following in Canada, haven't we?
0: Oh yeah, we definitely do. And just added to that list was slovenia
1: oh my gosh i love slovenia it's so beautiful we could go on the road once this whole pandemic thing is over we can take the show on the road what do you say
0: yeah let's do a tour of the countries where we have listeners i'd love to do that we'll
1: literally do the wrestlecast in your house we'll bring back the in your house era i will just go <laughs> to people's houses and do the podcast won't mind know. it's only us <laughs>
0: Yeah, definitely. If you're up for that, let us know. Genuine. (laughs) Not kidding. (laughs) With that, it brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for listening. And if you didn't know already, you can find us literally everywhere on your podcast providing websites. You just have to search for the WrestleCast with Shosie on Google. We're like one of those hidden flies or mosquitoes in your house. We're everywhere. But once you find us, you can't get rid of us.
1: Absolutely. We'll be buzzing around your house for years to come. So please check us out on our various platforms. Like I say, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram as well.
0: And before we end the show, if you are still wondering what platforms you can find us on, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, TuneIn, Radio Public, and many more platforms.
1: You must get repetitive strain from uploading this podcast to so many platforms. (laughs) Your hand's like a claw.
0: But hey, the listeners love it, so we do it.
1: That's it. That's what we're all about. I very much enjoyed reviewing this week's Smackdown with you, Shosie. Have a super week. We will be back to review Raw, with all the build-up leading up to Extreme Rules just three weeks away. My name's Joe, and I will see you next week.
0: I've been Shosie, and until next time.